Chops TV. You will be chopped. Know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. New thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. Chops TV back after a one-week hiatus. Chops and J-Lo with you today on a lovely 87-degree October day, just like everybody asked for and everybody wanted. Jen, how are you feeling in this sun-drenched, super awesome day here in October? I feel much better in our all-black room with the drapes closed. Air conditioning on. Yeah. I just, I don't get why it's so goddamn hot. Al Gore tried to warn us. <laughs> I don't get why people get so obsessed with summer weather. Like, uh, yeah, okay, you get tired of it in the winter. But I just find I get tired with all the, especially summer and winter, because they're the two extremes, that, like, I'm ready for it to be over. It's October. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be this anymore. And then, like, in the winter, the same thing happens. In March, late March, it starts to be like, okay, it doesn't need to snow anymore. It doesn't need to be sub 20 degrees that kind of stuff What like seasonal weather yeah you're right i wonder if that's why they call it seasons wild wild yeah so i'm do- i'm done with it I- it's supposed to break at the end of this week hopefully we get there but i'm not a big fan apparently um daylight savings time or you know the fallback whichever mm. one it is uh is not until like november 5th this year that is does it change every year i always thought it was earlier in yeah, october yeah me too apparently i don't know Bobby was saying at work today that it's usually around Halloween. And I was like, man, I always thought it was earlier than that. But I thought it was like coming up like in the next two mm, weeks. Yeah. But apparently it's about four weeks away. So since we're airing our gripes, two other things that are bothering me. One, uh, the, an OEC professor won the Nobel Peace Prize in physics. That doesn't bother me so much. Theory can only bring you so far. Sure. So he won this Nobel Peace Prize, which is on paper sounds impressive. Sure. And it might actually be impressive. Okay. But don't they kind of give them away like hotcakes uh, now? You know, it's not... I wonder if there's like the industries where it's still looked upon more. Like, don't they just have a lot of them now? Is it a Grammy situation Maybe. where there's so many of them that, yes, it is still an accomplishment. Obviously, even though I have my gripes with the Grammy, like it still means you like made it in the music industry if you can win Grammys. So, like, yeah, you made it in your field, but at the same time, it's probably something that, yeah, isn't cared about. But, I mean, do we care about anything that's, like, more hard science-based anymore? Or just, like, people in general, like, academic achievement and literature? Yeah, like, is Stephen literature Hawking as uh, big a deal mm-hmm. today, you know? Yeah, who was our not. last, like, famous scientist? Probably Neil deGrasse Tyson. And even he is more of a media figure than he yeah. is, like, hard doing the science every day. Like, Bill Nye shows up on things now because, again, he's more of a media type. I think he only has a master's. People have talked about that before. I'm not trying to, you know, put down yeah. Bill Nye. But just, like, like who's going to be in 100 years? Like, are people going to know the name of, like, yeah, or Jonas Salk even. Like, even yeah. just going back that far. What's the uh, – what's the, the – the woman who died of the radiation poisoning. Maybe from, Curie. Yeah, those kind of people. I just don't think we're going to... Even though we're more connected and uh, information is more available than ever, the people aren't going to do that. Now, the science that we should look into is the science of attraction. No, wait. So that was only my first gripe. Oh, you have another gripe? My second gripe, more important gripe also, is that I am trying to find a Halloween costume for a girl's Halloween, right? So it's girls gone wild in quotations because everyone's going to be different animals. Oh. Um, and you're so, literally going to be in Vegas for this. Right. So I thought, okay, cat played out. Black cat played out. Why don't I do cheetah, right? I'll just go with like my favorite animal. I was, well, I'm torn between cheetah and raccoon because, you know, trash. Mm-hmm. So... I looked into the concept of a cheetah and I'm looking for like outfits. I found ears and a tail. Okay, cool. But I'm looking for, you know, a top or pants or something that matches. Everything's only, a one piece morph suit. Only to realize that people don't fucking know that leopard print and cheetah print are different prints. And it's driving me 
fucking bananas. Do people not know, or do companies who make these know people don't know, and say, who cares, whatever, just put an animal name on it and yeah. we'll sell it. Oh, brown neutrals, it's cheetah. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I will say that, like, off the top of my head, I don't know the difference. What well, are the differences in the spots? look it up right now. Cheetahs have black spots. Leopards have that, like, squiggly print. Like, that multi-dimensional brown print. Okay, so a leopard has rosettes, which are rose-like markings, and cheetahs have a solid round or oval spot. Like a Dalmatian. Shape. Okay, so a cheetah is, yeah, just, like, actual dots. Now, where... Google cheetah print blank cheetah print shirt and okay. see how many fucking results you get that are leopard print i mean the first one here is funny world men's animal print t-shirt graphic short sleeve halloween costume 26 dollars. <laughs> it's definitely leopard print they're all leopard they're print. all leopard print they're right. all leopard print oh they yeah they okay so it's yeah it's it's where it like it goes back in, and so the little bit of the lighter stuff is in between the spot, and it's got, yeah. Sure. And this is not, let me be clear, this isn't a discussion between, like, leopard or panther or jaguar or whatever the fuck. I don't give a shit about any of that. This is specifically cheetah print being misclassified as leopard print. I don't know why it's making so making me so irrationally angry, but it is. So, like, here's somebody. Now, this is an artist, so I'm not trying to blow him up here, but he made a... A portrait of Travis Kelsey. I don't know. You know, it looks like he drew it or painted it online, whatever. <laughs> um, and not Travis Kelsey. Sorry. Tyreek Hill, who used to play for the Chiefs. Okay. And because he's nicknamed Cheetah because he's like the fastest oh, player in the I, NFL. I see. I see. But if you look at the, the stuff going is, on here. Is it fucking leopard print? It's leopard! <laughs> it's leopard. It's leopard. How, how have we let people get away with this for so long? There are some other products that do have Cheetah print correctly, but... Oh my goodness gracious! It's leopard print. Yeah, most most people go for leopard print. I think leopard print's just nicer, and it just looks better because it's got more variation to it instead of just spots. Maybe people think cheetah print is too plain, and they need the Do me elaborate favor. nature. Look up the cheetah girls right now, because okay. if that shit is leopard, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Cancel Disney Plus. All right, in the Cheetah Girls two, it is like it's. A picture, like the two is in cheetah print, right? Okay, yeah. And now the Disney Channel logo is definitely cheetah print, but I'm not so sure about that too. That's oddly in between both of them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say cheetah. Okay. It's got the right coloring. We'll do a cheetah. And there aren't like the splits in the yeah, spots where yeah. it goes in. So cheetah girls, you're off the hook for yeah. now. <laughs> Someone tell Raven Simone. As I was referencing earlier, uh, look into the science of attraction, but not attraction to people when they're wearing clothes or showing off the things they own. No, that would be silly. I'm talking Naked Attraction, which is apparently a show that's been on for six seasons. It's a reality dating show, so who knows exactly how many years that six seasons mean. I think we looked it up. Like The earliest episodes were 2018. Yeah. But I don't know. We didn't go all the way in the production schedule to see like how consistently they've been making it. Because I would imagine in British land... They're much more open about sexuality and nudity. But still, I'm not so sure how they're going to... Dropping hard C's. (laughs) Going to find just a straight up people that are okay with this. So what's the concept of the show? Real quick. And really, it's the long version too because there's nothing really to the show. They show naked people to a contestant and it's a dating show. That dating person whittles down six to two and then they get naked. And choose which one they want to go on a date with. They go on a date with that person and then they come back a month or two weeks or whatever, however amount later. It's always and they talk a about different their date. amount of time. It is. It's been three weeks. It's been two weeks. I think we had a four weeks and a month. Yeah. And it's like, so which like is four weeks and a month completely different in the Naked Attractions <laughs> uh, production mind? I, I guess. I guess the one other thing, if you are going to the long version, when they reveal the naked people, they reveal them in pieces. Yes. So there's six people. They're all associated with a color. You don't know their name. You don't know anything about them. And it goes up to their waist. So you see waist down. They do both men and women. They had gay people. They've had straight people. They had a bi woman as well. 
Then you eliminate somebody. Then it goes up to like their clavicle, like right at their shoulders. And you see, so you see like their torso and everything. You eliminate another person. It goes and reveals their face. They eliminate another. Then it's down to three. They ask, what's your favorite part of your body physically? And what's your least favorite part? Which some people use as kind of a chance to brag. It feels like more than anything, but other people are a little bit more honest. Then you get rid of another. Then there's the two left, and everybody gets naked. Except for the host. Host hasn't gotten naked. Yeah. Is she ever going to get naked? Rude. I don't know, but you came down one day and was like, I found this show. And I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? And you're like, we have to watch it. And so we watched one episode and thought, I don't think there's really much more to it. Because the date part is really secondary. Stupid. It's they don't so really dumb. care yeah. about it. They don't, and nobody who comes back, one guy didn't have the person come back. So that I think said more than anything they actually say when they get interviewed. Cause they're all really like, no pun intended, cheeky about it. When they come back, they're like, <laughs> have you guys hung out since? And they're like, maybe, maybe a little bit. It's like you met naked. Like, what are we hiding at this point to the yeah. ca- You were just naked on these cameras and now coming back for the interview. Uh, but also, why are we asking if they fucked or not? That's yeah. They kind of like dance around that, and it's yeah. like we've all the viewer have seen these people naked. I am okay with having an open-ended question yeah. about whether or not these two people then had sex and after already seeing each other naked. Stuff. Well, I don't kiss and tell. Yeah, what are I, you talking about? I don't understand how you could reveal your naked body in pieces and then be like, mm, uh, "Sex? I don't know. Maybe a girl never tells, right? That kind of <laughs> shit." What, what so, are we doing? Let me tell you how shocked I was because I was like, "There's no way that this show has been on for that long." So maybe the seasons go by quick. There's like three or four episodes a season, blah blah blah, and it's been on for maybe a year and a half. Or Do something. they pixelate it? Do they wear From, some sort of nude underwear for, or anything? Right, and now it's on Max. So where was it it's a british television show where was it broadcasting for for damn near six years and i didn't know about it it just seems so improbable that people were getting butt ass naked in england on tv and i know about it looks like it was on channel four over there which is i've heard of channel four i don't really understand their full so is it shown is it pixelated is it shown um, there is a naked attraction Wikipedia page, but oh man. Anyway, so I'm trying to explain this to our friends. Now we go to Yogi's, and I'm like, guys, I saw this show. It's the most insane concept. It premiered in 2016. It's been on even longer. Oh my! How did we not know about it's this? It's currently airing its no seventh way. season, is what the Wikipedia article says. Dude, that's crazy. We got to catch up. Anyway, so I'm trying to explain the concept of the show just like you did to these girls. And I'm like, and you would think that the being naked part is obviously like the most glaring part when there's like a bunch of wangs on the TV. You're like very distracted. However, it's like more so what you find on the people. So like the one guy on the first episode, it reveals up to his waist and he's got a tattoo on around his groin and down his leg of like elephant ears. And then like an elephant silhouette and then his dick is supposed to be the trunk which is obviously alarming right that is that if i saw that with no context after going on a date with a guy and we went back to his place and he had an elephant i mean that's alarming right but i was so (laughs) taken aback that you know it reveals up to the waist up and then he starts talking and then they go up because she's like oh let's go take a closer look right Dude's got one leg. I'm like, whoa. You missed the leg. You were too enamored with the third leg trunk of his elephant (laughs) that you missed. I missed his whole other left leg was missing. To be fair, he had a prosthetic on, so he wasn't like sitting or bouncing on one leg or anything. He was standing straight up, but yeah. yeah. That guy's not naked. (laughs) That guy's cheating. When that girl had a bobby pin and I was like, that's not fucking naked. (laughs) I was promised naked. This is, these are, yeah, bobby pins. Uh, The other one that was funny, when they finally revealed a face, there was a bald man. And you were very taken aback. You were, for some reason, not expecting a bald man, which doesn't seem that unlikely. But you were like, oh, a bald man. And I was like, you've been looking at six penises for the last 20 minutes, but this guy's bald and now you're freaking out. Okay, but let's preface that correctly. So after that first episode, we watched another episode and I'm like, okay, it's still interesting. But what if... I was drunk as fuck. So 
I was clearly under the influence the next time I watched the show because it literally came out of nowhere. Like the last thing that you expect to see when you see a bunch of like vagines and penises (laughs) and naked people is a bald guy. I don't. don't, uh, No, I do not follow the logic. I mean, you know, it's just surprising. I guess, to one me thing, in the moment. One thing I will read uh, from the Wikipedia page is production. One contestant reported that each episode can take up to 12 hours to film. Oh. Although the contestant oh choosing a date only has to disrobe for about 15 minutes, the resultant date, date takes place at 9 a.m. the next day. No, it's in that smoky lounge bar, though. I always thought it was like they just met up later in like yeah. the same week and stuff. But that makes sense why it's so produced and like it doesn't really feel like a very active restaurant. Because I did get that vibe a little bit. So like well, are the other people there actors? Extras? Because you know what? They have and to be then. Because I was like, okay, this has been on for six seasons. And every single time they have the couple sit on the same corner at the same bar for these dates. Yeah, clearly so after, they're not choosing the place. Right. So after the show ends, you're like, okay, the patrons of this establishment just be like, those are the naked people. They probably just saw each other's nakedness, right? So you would think that they would switch it up, but no. But that would make so much more sense now if they're actors. That's why they don't care. Yeah. So the it also says like the picker has to have someone with them at all times to make sure that they do not accidentally bump in, into one of the contestants. And if one of the contestants <laughs> needs like a toilet break... They must be escorted out by a member of the staff so the picker does not see them leave their colored booth. But this answers two questions uh, for me. Like, okay, so they it, it does, that is how long it takes. This isn't as, you know, it's an hour-long program. They're probably spent about 40 minutes on the naked stuff. But it could take up to 12 hours. That's a long time. And then two, because it's 12 hours, that answers my other question of why no guy tries to go out there fully torqued. If naked, you can't be asked to do it for that long. If naked, why not torqued? Hmm. If naked, why not chub? Don't you feel like <laughs> if we're supposed to be narrowing it down to whether or not these people are sexually attracted, though, that it's kind of a a misstep in it? Because if you are, if you do meet somebody with their clothes on, and it results in you going back to somebody's house and hooking up or wherever, wherever, wherever. hey. <laughs> Um, they're not going to be flaccid. I'm just saying. What? So my thing is, if now it makes more sense that it's 12 hours because I feel like that would be physically strenuous for, I don't know if it's hard to get hard. And then wake up the next day. <laughs> for that day? long? I don't know. Well, but like, all the, all the little pill advertisements say if it lasts more than four hours, you should call your doctor. Yeah, that's true. But that's with... The pill. So but I don't know it, okay, so not only are these people naked though, like so I think I mentioned like they were like, let's go take a closer look at that wang or that pekka. <laughs> they go up to these people, like up to almost up to the glass. They're in like a circle on the floor or whatever, but they're very close. And like guys will like get horny if you like sneeze in their direction. So like I can't figure out why these guys aren't like stiff as a board. When these people are like directly in their groin talking about their penises, but it's 12 hours long, so I guess that makes sense. It must be an exhausting day. It's not an exhausting watch, but it's not a binge watch either. No, no, micro doses. Yes, and I would say though, from like a curiosity standpoint, that it's one of those like you should watch an episode as long as you're somebody who's comfortable enough with nudity like it's just kind of perplexing it's yeah that's exactly what it is it's the most confounding premise for a dating show that i've ever seen and curiosity killed this cat in this instance because i i'm now telling other people to watch it so definitely entertaining (laughs) not super horny though so i wouldn't be worried about that no, it definitely doesn't have that quality no. to it. There's such a shock factor that it's not like watching like Cinemax or something at like 2 a.m. No, it's yeah, it's almost clinical yeah. in a sense. Yeah, like it, it's the the set is set up so that it looks nice. You know, it doesn't look like a hospital room, and they're not in gowns or anything. But yeah, there is like a a detachment from the nudity yeah. that is different. Maybe something that's a little bit more normal on British television. But it did say in the Wikipedia page that they did receive complaints for the 
full frontal nudity. And it's not just, <laughs> I mean, it's just there. It's just like the, it's the main part of the That's show. That's the whole thing. It's in, it's in the opening credit little reel. It's. They're not the shy home, about it's it. It's in the mark. Yeah. They don't stop showing like waist down once they start to reveal more right. of the people. It's still full on naked body. No, but some of these contestants that they pick, it does feel like almost like cyber bullying. You know what I mean? Because realistically, how many people are you going to get to sign up for this show? Right. Like yeah. not all of them are going to be like stallion studs or like, you know, you know, like Lady Godiva, beautiful. Right. I mean, so, some of them have to like end it and be like, I guess she didn't like that I was chubby. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, see ya. That's it. That's all I get to say. Well, one guy, not to be, not grotesque isn't the right word, not to be like vulgar, but fuck it. <laughs> one guy had like ginger pubes and she like didn't like that. And he got eliminated and he's like, I kind of like my ginger pubes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, guy, you, yeah, you should still like them, I guess, if that's what you're into. Just one lady who didn't like them. Just em. one lady, but still. Hey, what if they get a, is there ever going to be a naked attraction in paradise where there's multiple contestants and multiple, that would make you feel really bad. Like getting, only one person gets picked out of six, so you, you can commiserate a little bit mm-hmm. in that. But if they had like six, if they had five contestants and six people and you were the only one whose naked body wasn't picked, that would probably make you feel self-conscious, I would imagine. Probably. Yeah. But also, like, some of the contestants, too, are, you can tell that they are, like, socially awkward a little bit. Yeah. And they're, like, doing it. Do they all? Because like, they, I don't know. Maybe they're... we should skip ahead to a later season to see if people start to be more cartoonish with it or are there any mm. gimmicks that they try to do? Maybe. You know, like how the bachelor yeah. has gone completely off the walls of like people trying to get famous launch products. They do. They're the, not there for the right reasons. They do the funny jokes when they first come in. Like, does that ever happen in the show? Or is it still just like straight and narrow? Like these are naked people. You're picking one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll, we'll check that out and let, let you listeners <laughs> yeah. of the podcast know. Stay tuned, because we'll update you. Something else we watched recently that we just wanted to comment on, because it's one of those ones that it wasn't produced directly by one of the streaming services, but man, does it scream like what would originally be like straight to video and is now straight to streaming, because I didn't hear about this movie at all, and all of a sudden it just showed up on Hulu, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Shailene Woodley. It was Shailene Woodley, who plays... Famously dated Aaron Rodgers... That's true. She did. Um, not as famous as the person who was just at the Jets game dating one of the football players, though. No, but they were affianced. Affianced. A weird, a weird pairing. That's yeah. not important, though. He's knowledge. from California, though, so maybe that helped with it. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. That's why they're not together anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so in robots. this movie, yeah, in this movie, robot. There's like. That's, I think, the weirdest part of the movie. Um, There's, like, a social commentary of, like, the border and immigrants coming in to to work. And so all the immigrants are replaced by robots. And then the immigrant, or no, the robots want to flee to Mexico where robots have rights. And so it's, like, kind of the reverse of that now. But two people, and they... They show that other people get in trouble for it, but you're not supposed to, like, use them as a stand-in for yourself. Which is the one confusing part, because, like, the working robots have these, like, rubber mask-type faces that are not meant to look like... Yeah, there's the B-class robots, and then these, like, black market robots that look identical to people. Yeah, and can just totally interact in your life. And that's how the two main characters are. One is a womanizer who uses his robot to charm women, and then just goes on, like, the final date where they're going to hook up. The other one is a gold digger who uses her robot to bang the men when she goes out there initially to find the one she wants to, I don't know, embezzle money from whatever's the right word. A, <laughs> gold dig? A gold dig. And then the two robots meet up. They form a kinship that makes them a little bit more aware of their plight and decide to flee. And then it's the two groups chasing each other. I think you're... You're not explaining it right. They have crazy hot robot sex with and electrocution flee, and, and try it, to flee the country. It like rewires them. They like yeah. have a new understanding of who and what they are after they do that. Um, and then they go to Mexico and they do it. Oh, spoiler alert for robots. 
Yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> Did I like robots? It just wasn't very like engaging. There were some parts that were funny. There were a couple of good jokes. I like the main lead man, Jack Whitehall, mm-hmm. um, British comedian. <laughs> I'm a big brick girl. That's the theme of this podcast. Um, it was okay. Not enough for me to recommend people watch it, though. No, and I think it gets bogged down in, like, it's it's too silly of a movie to have, like, a legit political or social yeah. message to it. That Like, it would have been more entertaining and more fun if it was, like, oh, the robots turn dastardly and are trying to, like, ruin these two people's lives as these two people have to go back into their lives. Because there's a little bit of that. That stuff's fun with Jack Whitehall, where he's been sending his robot to work over the last year, I think it is. And he's doing way better at work because the robot just does the job and is nice to people and isn't a jackass like he is. But then he goes back and he can't like assimilate back into it because yeah, he's he a piece of shit. Yeah, he can working at his dad's company again. And I think that would be stuff that would work better for this movie. Showing the, the robots going, oh, we don't have to take this from them. And it's sort of like an underdog story of how they, they do that. And then maybe it ends with, you know, the or like maybe a fantasy sequence of the people waiting on them hand and foot instead of instead of them. You could throw Jack Whitehall in like a French made costume, do you know, whatever. <laughs> All that kind of BS that's in those kind of movies. Yeah. But instead, it's like uh, they're like fleeing to the border. Well, and like I also so I didn't know much about the movie when I started it, but I thought that it was going to be like everybody had these other robots so that the robots can like partake in like the working part of society and then like the other people get to do whatever they want all the time yeah so you it's a stand it is it's an acknowledged stand-in for yourself that just does everything for you they don't need anything besides the electricity so all the money and all the time comes right back to you yeah that would be interesting too yeah but and so my problem is now that these robots are illegal they were illegally purchased they're from like black market stuff and the people who are using these robots are awful people but then they like get a happy ending or we're like supposed to root for them to get the robots back and like and then they don't get get, together they don't get caught because the robots are identical to them so when they go to when they flee to mexico they like instead of like a passport you log in with like your handprint or something mm -hmm. and so that log that says they're in Mexico. So they can't be arrested in America because the records say they're in Mexico. I don't know. Like, like I said, that kind of stuff makes it get too convoluted for a movie that should be simpler. There's a movie called Fido. It's a zombie movie, um, but it's it's lighter hearted. And uh, they've figured out how to like control the zombies. Kind of like at the end of Shaun of the Dead where they're like doing menial tasks and stuff. But they have these like collars that make them more obedient and they won't bite you and turn you into a zombie. Uh, And a kid ends up like making friends with one of them. Like that would also be interesting. Like what if the, what if there's a guy who's like real down on his luck that like doesn't like people or has some sort of interaction with a robot learns that this person he's interacting with is a robot and they team up. So it's not the robots teaming up. It's a normal, a regular person in the robot. I don't know. But also, there wasn't enough hard evidence for them to stick the crime of this, like, robot manufacturing or, you know, purchase of an illegal robot on them because the robots had already fled to Mexico, so they weren't standing right next to them. (laughs) But they were all arrested, put in jail, and then the one guy blew up the prison. So they're all on video. What happened to that? They're like, you have no evidence. Yeah, you're right. Because then, like the the higher level government people, like, like FBI, FBI or something, come in and are just annoyed with the cop who's like calling it in. There's a Minor little bit of convenience. There's a little bit of a those two cops are like both like fighting for the glory of oh we got, I got this big case or I solved this big case or like where's my credit? So maybe they're supposed to be like consistent people who are doing that. So the FBI is like, you know what? Final straw. I'm done listening to your stories of anything. You're telling me there's four of them. There's only two standing right here. And we only happen to be standing by the Mexican American border. So where could they have gone? Yeah. We're also the only the FBI. Okay. We don't have the budget. Yeah. You can't keep calling us out here. We can't afford it. So, a flawed movie, but it's on Hulu. But, again, a couple of few jokes. Yeah. A couple of few. Overall, not recommended. I would agree with that. Yeah. 
Next up, we you had been wanting to watch this one for a while, and then we finally watched Theater Camp. Then I watched Bodies, 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 which we watched on, on our own, and uh, girlies that have to do with each other. Some of them are no, none of them are in all three, but some of them are in two, some of them are in one, that kind of stuff. And uh, we watched Bottoms. I'll let you explain this one since you were very hyped up to finally get to watch this. So I saw the concept of the through the trailer, and I was like interested very interested because it's um two girls who are kind of like not society outcasts but like you know they're two like lesbian girls at some like rural high school and they don't really fit in and they're just trying to get laid you know like how's that not relatable so that was a funny concept but then it's like the trailer is even like hyper stylized too so i was like what is going to happen in this movie and people were giving it really good reviews saying it was really funny so i was like you know what we've been on a bit of a high school kick lately anyway i want to watch this goddamn movie so we watched the movie and like i said about the trailer that is prevalent in the movie yes um but i don't think the trailer i'm trying to remember if i ever even it doesn't s- give away too much no it doesn't give away too much and doesn't let you know exactly what you're getting into how stylized how hyper reality they're going to take this movie and then as it goes on and it's cool because they have this like facade of it looking just like it's very easy to relate this movie back to like super bad or book smart um and it has that at the at the forefront, but as you watch it, you're like, there's something off that like this can't be seen as the real world. And then you get in on the joke, and it's so it's more than just like lesbian version of of super bad. Um, and as the movie goes on, you get a lot more out of it. And there's not that you get more out of it than super bad, but it's just that it has more to offer than something like that. It's not a carbon copy of something which makes we it have. feel like fresh in a way because like ever since super bad, we got a lot of like the loser buddy like high school like let's get laid i mean as american pie is the we've same had thing, those movies right? for a long yeah. time yeah but like super bad brought it to like like mainstream r so all of these are like hard r movies now and american pie was hard r was r2 but like not in the same way that super bad was not as uh the vulgarity forwardness of the dialogue is yeah. really there. Um, yeah, and it's not because we're done with like the gross out comedy, which was like more of the selling point of, of you know, kind of like shock you with things that are happening. Sometimes it's what they say, but yeah, these people talk a lot more. Like you know, and Superbad had this too, like kind of how teenagers do talk, or at least from what I remember when I was a teenager. That I mean, it's just every other word is a word that you wouldn't say on the radio. We'll say that. Yeah. Sometimes in a creative sense, too. Like, it's not just F-word for F-word's sake. There's certain things that they throw out there that you're like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that uh, order of words to describe this. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. It, it it makes you laugh. And it's I like that it extends beyond what I what I said, where it's it's a part of it, for sure. And it's a big part of the characters. But, like, it's not a... I mean, I think people would see it that way, but I don't think it's like a gay movie on its own. I don't think it like directly like goes too far down that line to where it would be inaccessible to other people. Like, I think if you mm. liked those other movies that we're talking, you could easily like this one. And it's not like a niche product. So speaking of characters and gay movies, uh, Red, White, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Blue. Gay guy. Mm-hmm. Prince Henry. Was in it. Was in this one. Was he Jeff? Yeah, he's okay. Jeff. Okay, so, so Jeff, Jeff is the Jeff is the quarterback. So this. is that a gay movie? A uh, red, white, and royal blue. I mean, obviously it's gay. <laughs> well, but that's what, it, like gay in what sense? I guess you know what I mean. And I think both of the movies like transcend too gay like, to be relatable. To yeah, like people. I and like I'm not saying that that's something that's even true of movies that are like more in that realm for people, but I think it sometimes just completely puts people off. But Red White and Royal Blue, Royal Blue is it, that is a tongue twister, man. It is. It's just a rom-com. Yeah. This is just a high school movie. And so the the two female leads happen to be gay, but while it's a huge informing part of their character, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I think it would be fine for somebody to watch it, like, and not like. I think there are some people who like would feel uncomfortable in those kind of situations, and I'm. Well, yeah, I'm trying to like, say that you shouldn't. You shouldn't, and I don't think this movie goes in that direction to make people outwardly feel. Well, bad. it doesn't spiral too 
far down into like the romance part of it and it's like horny gay girls objectify women the same way that horny straight males do right yeah it's it's an equality movie. Yeah. Really. It's fe- called fucking feminism. Look it up. Well, that's something I was thinking about today, preparing for our conversation on it, is like, it doesn't hit people over the head in the same way like, like the Barbie movie did with like the patriarchy stuff. Like, it's just there. These are just who the characters are, but it's not something that I think somebody's going to feel super uncomfortable with. But it probably, from the preview, feels less accessible to people. Mm-hmm. And there's probably people who would just be like, I'm not going to watch that movie. No matter what. Um, and I'm trying to... The whole point of this whole part of it for me is yeah. to say, you should watch it. Oh, absolutely. Don't be turned away from it for whatever reason. And Jeff, who is Prince Henry in red, white, and royal blue, really funny in this. So outlandishly character c- caricature of like a jockey guy. Mm-hmm. So funny. Very different than what we just saw him in. And it was uh, funny, too, how they, like, had it set up. I mentioned, like, kind of, like, the the hyper-reality it was in, but you're not quite sure. And then there are scenes where, like, you almost feel like you're watching, like, the stage like of it all. Like a spoof or something, too. Doesn't it sometimes feel like a parody movie? Yeah, or, yeah, or even, like, a parody sketch on yeah, its own. Because, yeah. like, there's, like, times where purposefully the set is made to look, like, smaller and cheaper than like actually trying to pass this off as a real football field. The, or the classrooms are, you know, like comically just such classroom cliche, but it doesn't look like it's in a real building, or a real like school building. Jeff with his, like all the football players are always wearing their... They're always in their uniforms. Yeah, and that's where I get like the, yeah, like the idea of it like being on stage is you would do that to inform the audience that like, remember, these are the football players. Yeah. But in on a movie, you don't need that because we can see the people, we can see their faces, we know what they look like. Uh, and I, the football stuff, when you bring that up, their uniforms, I want to get to this, that I loved how it was, I think wink, wink, nod, nod. We know that this really isn't what football is like, but for the creators of this movie, females, they were kind of playing it off. Like, this is what football looks like to us. And so like, there's like the, the guys are like dancing and like, there's only like a quarterback and center exchange, but it's not like an offensive line set up. They're facing the crowd. They're not actually on the field playing. I just thought it was funny to like get that lens of like, to me, this is what football looks like. It looks like just a bunch of guys dancing around and they're always in their uniforms. And then the uniforms, like clearly they didn't, I, I don't know if this, this one was part of the joke or if they just don't get it. Like Jeff being on his nameplate is definitely part of the joke. Yeah. Instead of his last name, it's Jeff. That's funny. But he was a single-digit number, either number one or number two, and it had zero one, for for instance. And no, they never do that. Single digits are always just one digit on a uniform. And I, I don't even what, know where you would get those made. You'd have to like go out to a costume place who doesn't know that. Because no like place that makes uniforms would ever do it that way. Yeah, I, I tell you what. As a girlie who watches football and enjoys it, I watch football every single weekend, hours on end. Mostly because of you, but I also enjoy it as well. Um, you bring up these numbers. You talk about numbers a lot, like the jersey numbers, that I don't understand. I will never understand why it matters, what position you play, what like mm. range of numbers you can pick from. You are always very hypercritical when players choose new numbers coming out, like going into league or whatever. Like That shit does not make sense to me. So when you were like, it's a double digit it's two digits, but it's a single number. I'm like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. It stood out right away to me. And I'm not even... <laughs> no a, clue. I'm not even a huge jersey number people. There are other people who, like, you can just name a number and they can give you, like, five players who wore that number. And, that's crazy. Like, that's not that's not me. But there is something to that. Like, the NFL just softened their rules a few years ago that you can wear any number except on the offensive line, I think, still has a range. But pretty much, I think it was everywhere else could wear whatever and it was funny because tom brady didn't like it because you know people don't like change and the way i read that was he found very good uh like a short track way to define what he was looking at defensively because he knows if it's in this range it's going to be a linebacker versus a a nickel cornerback who had just come in for like plays and stuff and it makes it easier to scout um now that the numbers are all mixed up but you know what tom one you're retired but also like Football should be harder for you. It, it, we actually need to do every rule should be made just in case Tom Brady thinks it makes it harder because he might got, come back. It got too easy for him because 
like the plague, he will come back. <laughs> he probably will. Maybe to the Jets. Ooh, uh-huh. Ooh, no, uh-huh. please, God. Dear God, no. Uh, the self-defense fight club was was funny how they they started like beating each other up and <laughs> Beat then they the like shit out of each other and Marshawn Lynch is their like faculty advisor is like sort of overseeing it and being like this doesn't seem right but I don't know enough about women to like say it's wrong that's also, how they kind of like trick him yeah. into like keep going along with also it also feminism <laughs> right yeah. then when he finally does get mad enough doesn't he try to like cancel feminism yeah <laughs> that's his like he lesson also for the cancels day. women yeah just as a gender. I thought he was he was pretty good. Funny, they, no, they he was him funny to, in it. To yeah. come on there and be him, he's he's one of those weird people who's like super mellow, but also very charismatic at the same time. Yeah, he'll get typecast for the next ten years, and good for him. Yeah, he's got to do something. He's got to do something. Some and- people really push that he should be on like commentary for NFL games, which he's like moonlit sort Maybe of. Maybe like for. the Snoop Dogg, Kevin Hart one, but like he can't be like Tony Romo. <laughs> I don't Not know. Everyone- I would love to see a game see, with him do the whole game no, and see what it's like. I, that's the problem. Like there, there are players that are that have like great personalities and are very funny, but on the right kinds of like I, I even hate to say like broadcast, but like have him on like. The stupid Eli Manning one. Like, yeah. that's what he's good Which I think at. Actually, not like, in a suit at NBC or something. It's not for everyone. No, I think Peyton Manning is more well-suited for what they've set up yeah. with the Manning cast. Eli Manning, too. Um, but Peyton Manning is really good at it. Whereas, yeah, I think he might feel a little bit more constricted or too buttoned up mm-hmm. in that because he's more of a like a funny, off-the-cuff type guy. What's Back- another... A- sorry. What's another athlete post-career went... Like actor, not broadcasting or. Uh, Terry Bradshaw did some acting. I'm thinking of uh, who's the the Lakers player Rick Fox. He did some acting. I guess I just uh, well, O.J. Simpson people. was actually a pretty big we're, deal in Hollywood. But we're not gonna count O.J. He was on his way to being a star. Did you know that James Cameron was uh, initially thinking of casting him as a Terminator instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger? And he um, thought that nobody would believe yeah, that OJ is a killer. Yeah. Hmm. Silent, but deadly. <laughs> but anyway, not even so silent. He wrote a whole book saying, like, I did it. Anyway, um, you just see, like, that pipeline is much more... Uh, there's a clear pathway from wrestler to actor... To like wrestler to media entertainment personality to mm-hmm. actor versus like football player to media personality to actor. But a yeah, lot of those was... guys are very like flamboyant with their personality. I think the biggest difference though would be that um, a lot of like the WWE guys is they have so much more of a in front of the camera performance part of it with all the the promos and stuff. Yeah. That they get that kind of practice. Whereas there's probably just a lot of football players who aren't interested at all. In acting, because they all have agents, and especially like the the higher price ones, like once you're not every agency is just sports, so like they know people, yeah. Um, but yeah, they don't always do that. It's interesting that it doesn't happen more. Last thing with bottoms, as we had, I'd watch bodies, bodies, bodies. We watched theater camp together. We watched bottoms together. We're thinking of watching Shiva Baby, but we have not gotten around to it yet. And that was actually the first one. And so then I I stumbled upon this article from. Uh, the Ringer's Jodie Walker, and she calls it the Zillennial Cult Comedy Cinematic Universe with the three ones in it, the main ones in it, being Rachel Sennett, who is in Bottoms, along with uh, Io Adebri, who is in The Bear. She's the uh, the sous chef. Fantastic. Yes. And then Molly Gordon, who is in Theater Camp and is also in The Bear in the second season as like the, the love interest. So it's, it's talking about how these three girls who... Met at NYU or various theater programs in New York, met each other, and just kind of started making stuff and have, over the last, eh, I guess it's been about five years, kind of just worked their way up to where now they're, they're, they're the lead roles. Sometimes they're writing. They, the, what is it, Zeligman or something is the, the girl who's directing a lot of their stuff. Siegelman. Seligman. There we go. I got it right. Emmy, Emma Seligman. Um, and she's supposed to direct one of the movies with them coming up. Um, and so then they made this little chart here on the ringer of Molly Gordon, Rachel Sennett, and uh, Debris, and like where they, they go off to. And so it's it's like a little flow chart of, yeah. of, of what they've done and where they go. And I found it very interesting 
And then it brought us to the I Think You Should Leave universe, which is Patty Harrison's involved mm-hmm. there, and she's funny. Um, so I don't know. I like the idea of let's take something that you know has become pretty ubiquitous amongst the entertainment world of these cinematic universes, and can we retrofit them to anything else? But do we have to accept that all these things are in the same universe? Yeah. I think... Maybe this is also a product of like a post-pandemic, like girlies. It's okay. Kitty has a lot of thoughts too. Post-pandemic girlies like getting together when no one was doing anything and just like cranking out like really just funny ideas and now they're in production kind of because that seems like the timeline for all this stuff, right? Yeah, well, especially, too, because Shiva Baby came out in 2020 and was, I think, sort of a surprise streamer hit. So I think that helped a lot of this land for for this group and then gave them more opportunities. And now with the, you know, with the additions of Theater Camp and Bottoms, just this like middle portion of 2023, it's fully here. Yeah. Yeah, this is like a group that reminds me a lot of like how you would feel about like the Judd Apatow group after like knocked up. Yeah. Like once like 40 year old virgin came out and it was like, Oh, that was really good. And then all of a sudden you could start to, you could start to market the movies as from the team that produced this from the director of this, or, Oh, I know that girl just the same way you used to point. And I go, I know Seth Rogen. Now Mm -hmm. this is how this stuff kind of happens. And I think we're in the middle portion beginning the maybe the end of the beginning of like, these girls and their friends are going to kind of take over comedy for a little bit. Yeah. But instead of them all meeting on the set of that, what was that show? Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. But instead of them all coming from Freaks and Geeks, they're all from like NYU. And not Canada, most notably, too. A yeah. lot of the Judd Apatow people from Canada. So Yeah. Why don't we ever talk about fuck Canada more? <laughs> Canada's fine. It's just. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of Canada hype right now. Yeah. I've never been to Canada, so I really can't say with any sort of accuracy. I don't know. They're kind of stealing a lot of our money because <laughs> they because they can pass because they're because they're so. Oh, you're saying like in an coded. entertainment sense? Yes. Yeah, because okay. they're so America coded that they pass as Americans, and then everyone's like, "Oh!" And then name all three of, of sudden, your favorite comedy movie actors. Chances are one are can one is Canadian. Yeah, it might even be two. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's that's, crazy. That's what actually, I mean. How many yeah. like Canadian expats we have in the comedy world in mm-hmm. America? I don't know what that is. Why that happens so readily? I don't know. Maybe it's their music makes it down here every once in a while. But maybe are okay. Maybe there's something to it that Canadians are funnier because they look at us from their high castle. And they're objective enough that they can yeah. just make fun of like American culture. But they're close enough that they get it at the same time and yeah. can actually just jump right into it when they're acting in whatever project they're involved in. Could be. I don't know. But I don't. And they're tricky too. Like, I've never heard Ryan Reynolds say a boot, but that motherfucker's from Canada. You know what I mean? And Mint Mobile, what's that about? Jim Carrey's from got, Canada. Now he's got gin. Now, what the hell's going on here? Everybody's favorite show, Shit's Creek. Some people's favorite show. But Eugene <laughs> Levy and Catherine O'Hara, both Canadian. Catherine O'Hara's Canadian? I'm 99% sure she was a part of the SC See, TV that's group what I mean. Them. At some point, it's deceptive. At some point, it is deceptive. Maybe they should be more candid stuff. A lot of Hollywood, you know, can pass as New York. Yeah, she was born in Toronto. Hollywood can pass as Canada, or Canada can pass as Hollywood, Canada can pass as New York, Canada can pass as, like, a lot of these, like, northern city-states. I just feel like we need to we need to be more vocal about, um, maybe Canada also needs to step up. Maybe it's not just us. Canada needs to start taking ownership of the, that talent. So, yeah, I mean, like, okay, so that SCTV, which was like a sketch comedy show uh, on in Canada in the early 80s. Listen to these names. John Candy, Eugene Levy, Rick Moranis, Catherine O'Hara, Harold Ramis, Martin Short. Martin Short? That's not even the whole list. That's just part of the list of the names that I thought you would recognize for sure. Yeah. That's wild. All from Canada coming right down here and and taking all our, (laughs) our comedy. 
And you know what, too? You don't or even find us out. bringing us comedy. Can't you look at it in a nicer way that they're bringing us all That's these laughs? That's what I sort of changed my perspective on it a little bit. But mostly, I just get annoyed when there's like a White House, I don't know, White House dinner for Canada and Canadians. And then fucking fucking Mr. Mr. Canada shows up. And you're like, you're Canadian this whole time? It is, yeah. It, it does come out of nowhere. I mean, I just I did duped. at least two names for you that you were like, what? It's crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> at some point, we really need to start considering if if all comedy, then why border, you know? <laughs> so, like an open borders comedy. If you're a comedian, open you don't border. need a passport to go between Canada yeah. and the U.S. Dual anymore. citizenship. We get to... You're not Canadian, because we get to claim you, because you're making a lot of that money here. Canadian, comedian, those words are kind of similar. And they, they stay, too. Ryan Reynolds doesn't live in Canada. He probably has a house there just for, like, fun. But probably he lives in, like, New York and Hollywood with Blake Lively. They live in New York. Yeah, they were just at the Jets game with Taylor Swift. I say Ryan Reynolds because he was just at the Jets game with Taylor Swift. And every time I see him now, I think, one, Deadpool, two, Canadian. Yeah, and for those who didn't know, he's Canadian. I bet there's people out here, this is the first time they're hearing that. Three, Mint Mobile. <laughs> and then also Mint Mobile. One uh, little rapid fire section here as spooky season is starting. So we're definitely going to check out some horror movies. Maybe some of them will get more of a spotlight. But this was what we've... We've briefly watched so far. I'll start with Spawn because we didn't watch all of it. It's from the late 90s. It looks terrible, but I knew I had seen a little bit of it as a kid. It's very comic booky because it's based off of a graphic novel or a comic book, whichever level it is. But I just remember the toys being in places like FYE and Sam Goody when I was at the mall as a kid. And I always thought he looked cool. He looks really badass. And I was like, I got to see him spawn. I got to see him come back from hell. And then he like works for the devil's army or something, which just like, I don't know. Like in a certain sense, it's like it always boils down to you're just working for somebody, even in hell. But it just ends up that you're just you're just somebody's employee. Even when you're spawn from hell, you still have a boss. You you report back to him. But uh, yeah, we saw the beginning of that. You were very turned off by the CGI images on the screen. Looks terrible. Is terrible. But because it's a like comic book adaptation, Christopher Nolan treatment. Question mark? Ooh, can we get a new Spawn to Spawn? Can we get a new Spawn? Maybe Does I'll be more on board. Do any of the big comic book people own Spawn? Does DC or Marvel own it? I don't know. That seems like a dumpy property. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean they don't own I mean, Marvel owns Blade, and that's kind of a random one that had kind of weird movies from Not the late 90s. Not fucking dumpy, though. And at least that one's got, like, I mean, Spawn's probably got, like, a cult thing to it, too, but, like... Blade is a cult classic. Like, Blade is a good movie. Listen to all of these super, uh, or abilities <laughs> that uh, that Spawn has. Superhuman strength, speed, agility, and endurance. Immortality. To an extent, powers drain when used. And full <laughs> drainage of powers results in a, so, a second death. So not immortal. Accelerated healing. Highly skilled tactician, martial artist, swordsman, marksman, athlete, and acrobat. Teleportation. Shape-shifting, necroplasmic energy blast, sure, resurrection, multiple demonic powers. That one's just, yeah. okay, he just has multiple demonic powers. and that, That's one of those, he can do whatever we want him to do in this, in this instant. Energy and matter manipulation and telepathy. Tell me that wouldn't be cool in a Marvel movie? <laughs> no, it would be a, such a pointless Marvel movie. How, how is he going to defeat? Thanos, oh, I don't know, using any one of those abilities that you just said. Right, He's well, basically immortal. Well, maybe everybody can take everybody's favorite American hero, Tim Riggins, and remake The Covenant to where it's a good movie. Or at least as good oh. as we thought it was like four years ago. Tim Riggins is whooping Spawn's ass, dude. He's drinking him under Covenant the table. Covenant Tim Riggins or just real Tim Riggins? Real Tim Riggins. Real Tim Riggins is just going to... Drink with Spawn, and then Spawn's gonna black out, and then I don't know. Or would he just become friends with them and just want to hang out with them? Tim Riggins is nice. He's pretty chill. He does take in like orphaned people. Yeah, he might actually be friends with Spawn. They might actually see eye to eye on Tim Riggins. Great guy. They're both very jaded people to to the real world. All right, Katie's getting antsy. Let's get through these. Yeah. So Covenant was your idea. We had watched it a few years ago. I remembered it being better. It sucked. Oh my god, the Covenant. 
back then, great movie. Classic. Family classic. Vibes, yes. Spooky, yes. Uh, hot young people, yes. Uh, weird, like, northeastern town, yeah. Day- sure, yeah. It's, Day for it's, night, yeah. It's, 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 this movie has it all. Watch it again. Kind of boring. Yeah, and like almost like sneaks up on you that like, oh, that that was the final fight. Okay, I guess, I guess it's over now. So, uh, no, I don't recommend Spawn or The Covenant this uh, spooky season. One thing I would recommend right now because I think it's a fun one that deconstructs the things. It's about 10 years old at this point. Most people, I feel like, have seen it if they're into spooky season. But if you hadn't, it's on HBO Max right now. We watched A Cabin in the Woods. Because you were like, I don't want to dive right into something that's super scary and is just going to like get me right on that. And I was like, no, this one's kind of like more tongue-in-cheek and like kind of a... I was so out on it. Kind of a breakdown of just like say all what the it like is. tropes said, of it and stuff. Looks I said it was Cabin stupid. in the Woods. Yeah. And I thought it was Cabin Fever. And then I said, this still looks stupid. Yeah, Cabin Fever is a, a very different movie about a flesh-eating virus that uh, has Ryder Strong, who played Sean in Boy Meets World. This one has Thor from yeah. the Marvel movies, whose from, name from is Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Yes. There we go. I got I got around to it. Mr. Australia. But yeah, spoil, that was bad. Uh, spoiler sorry. alerts for Cabin in the Woods. If you haven't seen it... it don't listen to the rest of this podcast because we're only going to talk about it for a few minutes. But essentially, they need to make sacrifices to the world of the, the, the underworld. The ancient ones. The ancient ones. Jesus, my bad. get it right. And they do get this. Get it tight. It also has to be the, the <laughs> sacrifice's fault. So how they do it is they like essentially choose their own monster by whatever item they pick up in the basement of this creepy cabin that they go to. And then they go and kill them. But the people... It goes, it goes awry. The people get back on the the people orchestrating this whole thing, <laughs> and then all non- the monsters are out. If that sounded nonsensical, it's because it is nonsensical. But it's fun. It's definitely interesting. Fun is a word you could use for it. Uh, will I say that I was more into it at the end when every single monster you could ever think of just starts killing people? Yeah, sure. It's got that going for it. And then Scorny Weaver shows up, which is always a nice surprise. So random. Why Sigourney? Was she short on cash? Was this a weird tax evasion thing? It doesn't even have that much to do with aliens, which is sometimes she'll get calls. Yeah. To, she's in that, what is it called? Like Paul or something that had Nick Frost and uh, uh, Simon Pegg in it where they like found an alien. And I think she was in that movie because I think she just sometimes gets called for that. But this one wasn't really that. And it's a very small role. Yeah. Like, it didn't need to be Sigourney Weaver. Sure didn't. Oh, yeah, it must have been a favor being called in because I can't imagine she was clamoring to be in a cabin in the woods. I don't know. Maybe she was just looking to have fun. All right. Before we close out here today, one movie, spooky season movie mm. that you want me to watch this year. And I have to do it because you're going to say it here on the podcast. What movie is it going to be? Am I supposed to know? Well, you're, no, you're supposed to come up with one. And that way we're, we're putting ourselves on the spot that we have to do it. Oh, God. I don't know enough scary movies, Mark. Well, what first comes to mind when you when you think of it? Nothing? I don't know. Maybe All right. like... I'll do it. I'll curate the entire <laughs> month and we'll watch everything that I want to no, watch. No, no, okay, no, no. That I was sounds thinking, good. Hey, shut the fuck up. We'll start with Halloween no. and go no, right into no, Dawn of the Dead. Not Halloween, please. We watch it every year, and it's still bad. I don't care what you say. It's not scary. The shape, not scary. All right, Just because well, it says the shape in the credits doesn't mean that it's fucking <laughs> scary. You can't tell me that. All right, it's so, not. So instead, we'll watch Halloween for the no. curse of Michael Maybe, Myers. Maybe mm-hmm. like The Grudge or something, or fucking... Uh, I don't know. I just saw the Exor- Exorcist is on Max Maybe this, and the new, the new one's coming Saw out. movies coming out. Maybe watch Saw 1 and then watch the new Saw 1. Well, we could do that. Do you like the Saw movies? No, stupid. Okay. Well, we'll have to we figure it out. We watch a lot of stupid shit for this podcast. Though. We'll have to work th- our way through the movies and see if there's any that you go. Because I guess you did one. You did The Covenant and it was a bad choice. You know, you know who is not scary, might be scary old? The new Bachelor. Ooh, which we are also getting involved in this month. So I'll tell you what. I'm seated. I'm sat. I am locked in. I am into it. So another thing to look forward to this month is little jump-ins of what we saw this week 
in The Golden Bachelor. Again, for those of you that don't know, this is a 71-year-old male Bachelor contestant with women who are the right age range for him. So like 50 plus, 60 plus, somewhere in that. he's not scary old. He's actually a very nice guy. It seems to be. I don't know him. But I, I would know him biblically. I wouldn't. Don't put that in. Maybe. Fuck it. Keep it on the record. I would have sex with that old man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> there you have it. We'll we'll keep you up to date on all that we're watching throughout Spooktober. Oh, spooky. On, on Chops TV. Ah, I'm scared. She's JLo. I'm Chops. Bye. Thanks for listening. Chops TV is made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you. 